no Cincinnati fan has they any idea what we're talking about when we say conference weekend. They don't get the juice that there comes something from to within that. the shadows of the everlasting hills. May peace be with you this day and always, Spence. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. You could not throw that ball any better than what Keaton Slovis just threw that. Slovis in the end zone, touchdown Cougars! Well, for what it's worth, BYU's passing attack was explosive in several moments yeah. during Saturday's game in Lawrence, Kansas. But obviously, not enough. We're 357. Alive. Yeah, that's great. It's a great number. And, and some of that's your plan from behind and whatnot. But if you said, would you take 357 or not? I will always take that. Yes. I will always take that. Give me more than nine yards rushing. We are live in Studio B. This I is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. <laughs> I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It's time for another Maddich Monday. Yeah, so uh, talked to Trevor earlier this morning, and obviously a lot of questions. What happened? The takeaways, the lack of uh, – or the giveaways, the lack of takeaways. The run game for an offensive lineman is a big question. Three and one could be four and one. Lots to discuss, and I did so with Trevor Maddich earlier this morning. All right, Trevor, a lot to digest from BYU's loss at Kansas. Obviously, three turnovers, two of which led directly to touchdowns on those plays stick out. Uh, but it seemed like BYU could have still overcome those and won the game. What did you see? Yeah, th this felt bad, didn't it? Because it felt like an opportunity missed, that they could have won this game, maybe should have won this game. And so the fact that they lost it feels kind of ugly. But I think there are a lot of silver linings here. And one of them is that after, after an incredibly physical game at Arkansas, they went to Kansas, one of the better teams in the Big 12, and literally played them to a standstill, but for those two plays that you mentioned. I mean, a fumble return for a touchdown, an interception return for a touchdown. Neither one was an awesome play by the defense, necessarily. Even though the defense did well on both of those plays, both of them I thought were offensive mistakes more than defensive great plays. And other than those two plays, they played them literally to a standstill. And I think there's a lot of positive to be learned from how they did it. One of the positives that Keaton Slovis kept BYU in that game. BYU was still going down and scoring on offense. Obviously, having, uh, you know, the, the interception was uh, a weird bounce off of Isaac Rex and another Kansas player, and then another guy picks it off. That's not on Keaton per se. Parker Kingston on that fumble. That was a, just a good, clean hit. I know a lot of people thought that was targeting. It did not check the boxes of targeting. Uh, Parker Kingston not available after that. I, I wonder if the defense maybe had to lift the offense a little bit uh, more in this one and get – uh, a third down stop. Uh, they only had one in the second half. Create a, a turnover or something that maybe would have aided BYU a little bit in this game. The defense did it in the first half. I mean, BYU was leading at halftime even though they fell behind 7-0 on the second play of the game because of that Parker Kingston fumble, scoop and score. And, and, and he's just a freshman. And he's doing the best he can. Bless his heart. I don't want to rain on him. But just as an analysis standpoint, he didn't look to me like he was protecting his body or the football on that play. And so he was exposed to the to the effects of such a big clean hit because you know he wasn't he wasn't leading with his pads and he wasn't protecting the ball, squeezing that ball with two hands the way he needed to. He was leading with his sternum. And that's part of the problem with that. And yet 
the the defense rose up in the first half. The offense came back in the first half, and I thought they showed tremendous resilience. Now in the second half, when the defense started to get, you know, let the run game of Kansas get away from them. Uh, that's not to be unex- uh, unexpected just because of the nature of the physicality of the game they played the week before against Arkansas. And in the first half, BYU's defense did just fine. But this is a defensive front that's known for, for depth that's a work in progress. And last week, not to take anything away from Kansas, but last week Kansas didn't play an SEC team. They played Nevada, no disrespect to the Wolfpack. And so I thought I thought BYU held on as best they could uh, from a defensive standpoint. And really it was the passing game on offense that kept them in this thing through all the problems. And that was absolutely stellar. So let's talk about that because the way the BYU is passing the ball is really efficient and effective right now. Um, unfortunately, BYU is not running the ball. They're not running the ball. And, um, you know, teams are loading the box, stop the run. They're making BYU pass. It, it, it would seem I can't give a specific number on what percentage that is right now. But BYU's ineffectiveness in rushing the ball is encapsulated in this Cougar Stats uh, tweet a moment ago. Removing the 45-yard touchdown run by L.J. Martin against Arkansas, BYU has run 52 times for 41 yards the past two games. You've talked about the offensive line. You've been fired up. What, what is going on there, and is it fixable? I don't think it's fixable this year, uh, I, and I don't. I, I, I don't think it's fixable. I mean, mm. they, they've had enough reps, they've had enough games, to show that they at least are are they know how to do it. And in watching them on tape, it just doesn't look like they know how to run block. It just that's the way it looks. Uh, it's it's hard for me to say that, but the tape is the tape. Show me show me where I'm wrong. And so that means they need to go to plan B, and plan B is to throw the ball. If I'm on defense, I don't know why you stack the line against the run. Why would you? You know, you they're they're not pushing anybody anywhere anyhow. And yet, knowing that BYU has to pass, the pass protection has been good enough for Keaton Slovis and those receivers to get better and better every week and to keep them in this game at Kansas. But the the, the running attack, I mean, you, you give those numbers, right? What that means is that BYU is averaging two per carry. Not two yards, which would be bad. Two feet per carry. Nevada last week against Kansas averaged four yards per carry. So uh, it's it's just where they stand now, I think, is where they need to accept. Not from a standpoint of we accept that we can't run block and therefore we quit. They still have to try. They still have to try to get better. They still have to try to run block. They still need to find an answer. They need to seek it. But they also at some point need to say, okay, we're not going to win the ball running the game until we or win the game running the ball until we do. So the passing game needs to step up for that. That means that not just throw the deep passes down the field, but also be more creative with short passes in lieu of running plays. That means pick plays and crosses. There's a lot of air raid principles that they could use more of. For example, when you've got two wide receivers and they run up about three or four yards, and then they cross to create a traffic jam against man coverage and get one of them open that way. And if it's zone, then as they run across, then sit down between the zones at some point and gain four yards, which normally would have been the running play that now is getting them an average of about two feet, which isn't getting it done. So I'm not saying just surrender the run, but I am saying that they did a very good job against Kansas of using the passing attack to compensate for a lack of a run. And they'll need to do that even better going forward until the run materializes from the depths of the abyss. And it's deep. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine Fowler said as much on the postgame show Saturday. He said, listen, this is, 
essentially, he didn't say this, but I knew this is what he was saying. When I played, when you played, Trevor, you're a teammate of Blaine's, you guys ran the ball, but it wasn't, uh, you know, the way that BYU has run the ball the last 10 or 20 years. It was uh, air raid principles, as you mentioned. And so we'll see if BYU kind of shifts to that or if they continue to pound the rock because in comes Cincinnati on Friday, uh, a team that's 36th in the country at 108 yards per game rushing. If you only got 108, I think we'd feel pretty good. That's not actually a great number. But uh, in come the Bearcats, who, uh, you know, played a, a two-score game with Oklahoma, held them to 20 after they, they had been averaging 55. What do you make of Friday night on a short week ahead of General Conference, that matchup in Provo? This is a this is a tough one for BYU because it's the, the third consecutive physical game. I mean, Cincinnati's defense held Oklahoma to just two offensive touchdowns, two offensive touchdowns. And this is an Oklahoma offense that has been lighting up the scoreboard all season long. So BYU will have their work cut out for them on offense. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, Emory Jones, I'm assuming that he's healthy coming into this week, is a big physical quarterback along the lines of Arkansas's K.J. Jefferson. And so it, it's another physical game that they'll have to play. And they'll have to compensate for wearing down on the defensive front in the second half potentially and they'll have to figure out how to get them off the field better than they figured out how to get kansas off the field that may mean take more risks that may mean you know blitz more and hope those guys on the back end can hold up in coverage but whatever they do they're gonna have to figure out a way to get some stops i don't care about yards given up by the cougar defense i do care about stops so if you think bend but don't break that's kind of where they'll be especially in the second half offensively though you know, Cincinnati did a really good job of limiting Oklahoma's offense. So the Cougars will have to learn from how they did it, and they'll have to figure out ways to use the passing game to compensate for it. Once again, I'm looking for more air raid principles with more rub routes, more crossing routes, more things that – more creative screen passes, things that are you can use instead of the run. Then try to run, but don't bang your head against the wall too much if it uh, is not working. And it has not quite yet. When will it work is the question. At this point, BYU's 3-1 and one have been, uh, you know, a kind of unexpected road win at Arkansas. Certainly at Kansas, that was kind of a 50-50-ish game. And in comes Cincinnati. Trevor, if BYU beat Cincinnati, they're 4-1 and one going into the bye week with a really tough October. I think we would have taken 3-2, and two, but certainly BYU needs to take care of business at home to up its chances of making a bowl, if not 7-8 or whatever wins. How are you feeling about the Cougars at this point and the chance to be four and one going into the bye week? You know, I feel I feel good. I feel good. You can see a path to getting there. You can see things that they're doing well, that they're getting better at every week. And keep in mind that this defense, assuming that it stays relatively healthy, and they had some injuries on both sides of the ball in that Kansas game. But if they can stay relatively healthy, every week they should be better because every week they'll have a better feel for their assignments and their adjustments in this new offense of, of Coach Jay Hill. And they'll be able to play faster. They'll be able to play more instinctively. And they're already doing it fairly well. But they'll get better and better because this is their first month in a brand-new defense. So that's good. The passing game looks like it's getting much, much better. So you know BYU does have tools that they can bring to bear in this game against Cincinnati that'll give them a chance to win it. But just like the Kansas game, and we talked about this last week, the way BYU, the path for BYU to win this game is not to overpower Kansas. They don't, don't plan on that. The way for them to beat them is through greater discipline and execution. And there, was, there were mistakes in execution 
that hurt BYU against Kansas. If they can clean that up and beat the Bearcats in those two areas, the Cougars have a chance. 4-1 and one would be awfully nice to end September. Trevor, we appreciate the time. Best of luck on everything you're doing on ESPN this week. Trevor Maddox of ESPN back for another Maddox Monday, and he did not hold back once again. At this point, he says he doesn't feel like the run game can be fixed. Like, it is the challenge now of Aaron Roderick and the offensive staff, Daryl Funk specifically on that offensive line, to try and figure something out. But he feels like there's enough tape out there that he doesn't know that there could be any sort of overhaul at this point. Does the staff feel the same way? And if so, what do they do? That's, that's the question. And the, the pass game has shown that it can carry this team a long way, but I don't believe that BYU can be very successful if they can't run the ball at least minimally. Right now it's below minimally. Minimally to me is like 100 yards. BYU has run the ball for over 100 yards one time, and it was against Sam Houston. BYU gained 44 yards on, on Saturday. That's tough. Cincinnati comes in with, the, as I mentioned, the, the number 36 rush defense in the country. So, Work's cut out for BYU, and uh, wow. AF AFR is going to give us some details as well, break down what's going on with BYU football, the X's and O's on Tuesday night. you got Coordinator's Corner here straight from the coordinators. Blaine and David will break it down with Dave coming up tomorrow at 7 Eastern on F for the review as well on the BYU TV app. Up next, would a matchup with Colorado and Coach Prime be enough or worth another trip to Shreveport, Louisiana? <laughs> This is BYU Sports Station. What's the power of Prime? That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Make sure you follow BYU Sports Nation for the latest and greatest on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jeremy. We are Swifties. Okay, not really. What? But we would both go to the concert if we had the Are you going to go to the movie? Because they, they recorded the concert. It's going to be in movie theaters. I'm thinking about it, but it's three hours long. Three-hour movie of Taylor Swift. A three-hour tour. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to be there, man. I, Maybe. I need some more time Maybe. to think about that. While we do think about that, let's roll out today's headlines. This just in. BYU football loses at Kansas. 38-27, first loss of the year. The quest for perfection is over. What? The Cougars through for 357, two touchdowns, but a scoop and score and a pick six for Kansas were a big difference. Klein Stake discussed how the Cougars can get better. Uh, I know that we have a, a good team. I know that we haven't played our best yet. I'm looking forward to doing that next week. We definitely didn't play our best today, and, and um, you can either sulk about it or complain or, or just get better, and that I choose to get, get this team better for next week. That's what I'm going to say to my kids when we talk about the uh, chores at home. Just get better this week. Let's go. Up next for BYU, the Big 12 home opener against Cincinnati Friday at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Did you say it on Saturday? We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, we are. Indeed. Yes, <laughs> Thank we are. you, Bill Belichick. Yep. Cougars in the NFL. Speaking of, part one. One of Bill Belichick's good friends. Andy Reid moves up to number four on the all-time wins list in NFL history. Outstanding. His 271st win yesterday, moving past Tom Landry wow. following a Chiefs 41-10 drubbing of the Chicago Bears. Zach Wilson and the Jets lost to the Patriots for a 15th straight time. <sighs> Wilson 18 for 36, 157 yards passing in the 15-10 loss. Tyler Algier, seven rushes for 12 yards, two catches, 17 yards in the Falcons' first loss of the season to Detroit. Chris Brooks. 
Nine carries for 66 hey. yards. Hey! He got in because the Dolphins blew yeah. this game wide open. That 52 yard run was awesome, man. 70 to 20 over the Broncos. 70 points. Taysom Hill, four rushes for 12 yards, a catch for nine yards, and the Saints 18-17 loss to Green Bay. Cooks in the NFL part two. Michael Davis, eight tackles, pass breakup, and a 28-24 win over the Vikes. Sione Takitaki, uh, yeah, don't go for it at your own, like, 24. Sione Takitaki, one tackle, one and 27-3 win over the Titans. Puka Nakua and the Rams play the Bengals. Monday Night Football tonight, doubleheader. Puka listed as questionable for the game, but is expected to play. Uh, so it's a positive question. Jamal Williams placed on the injured reserve by the Saints with a hamstring injury, meaning he will be out for at least four games. We wish a speedy recovery to Jay Swag Daddy. Number six, BYU women's soccer with probably their toughest test to date. Okay. At number 14, More than Texas. UCLA? Maybe. Where is UCLA? I don't know, but it was at home. This is a road challenge against the 14th ranked team in conference. Okay. They're in Austin, eight Eastern on the Longhorn Network. Number 10, BYU Women's Volleyball sweeps number 18. Baylor led by Whitney Bauer, who recorded her 4,000th career assist, including this beauty after some great defense for the Cougs. Catches to Costa. Simpson blocked, check. Still alive. Check, takes some off it. One-handed set, Lee got the touch and down! What a set by Whitney Bauer, what great defense by BYU to keep that alive. And this crowd loves a good rally and good defense. Yes, they do. Up next, huge road test at number nine, Texas, Thursday on FS1, Friday as well on the Longhorn Network. By the way, the NCAA uh, Division I Volleyball Committee revealed its first in-season top ten yesterday. BYU number eight, Texas nine. So a top 10 matchup Ooh. in the committee and the ABCA waiting for the updated rankings coming up. Okay. Uh, huge Thursday and Friday. Let's go. Sixth ranked women's cross country wins the Dellinger Invitational in Oregon, led by top 10 finishes from Lexi Halliday-Lowry, Aubrey Frenthaway, who had the BOA Sports Nation Karma, and Jenna Hutchins. The third ranked men's cross country team took second in the Virginia Invitational, Joey Noakes leading the Cougars with a fourth place individual finish. Jim Fredette's Miami 3 on 3 team won its first Masters event of the season in Cebu, Philippines. Jimmer hit the game winner in the championship game. Congratulations. BYU men's golf competing at the WH Tucker Intercollegiate in Albuquerque, New Mexico starting today. That tournament runs through tomorrow. And the men's tennis team won 12 matches over the weekend at the ITA Bedford Bedford Cup in the mountains held at the Air Force. It's good to know they were in the mountains. Those are today's headlines. <laughs> Now we offer some opinions in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Shout out Marist for giving 700K the next four years or something to women's volleyball. Let's and go Marist. Amazing. Casey and Angela Adams. In one of the latest bowl projections for Brigham Young University, ESPN's Kyle Bonagura has BYU facing Coach Prime in Colorado in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Would this matchup be worth another trip to Shreveport, Louisiana. There are very few things, Jerem, <laughs> that would entice me to ever go back to Shreveport. This is one of them. Really? This would be a fascinating bowl game buildup. It'd be a little bit of a circus, but it would be a lot of fun. It would be difficult for Prime to find something to be mad at BYU for. 
Because he he's takes not going to give it to him. He takes an angle. BYU won't give no. it to him. No, eh, they're playing next year, uh, I would imagine, and maybe even in Provo. So, no, no, they're playing next year. So you don't you don't like it? I believe they will play next year. Okay. So no, I don't care. All right. The Dolphins scored 70 points, as we just mentioned, in a dominant win at Denver yesterday. Had a chance to break the all-time scoring record by kicking a field goal in the final minute of the game, but instead took a knee and turned the ball over on downs. Yeah. Should Miami have kicked the field goal? No, they had already covered. <laughs> it's okay. No. At that point, if, if you, you want to create enemies, at that point, no. Every team will will absolutely headhunt you if you do something like that. Oh, in, interesting you'd say that. Playing the oh Broncos with a certain head coach over there. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like you become the enemy of every team in the NFL because they're just like you already are because you just jerks. put up seventy. They're like, whoa. Women's soccer at number fourteen Texas tonight. Is this a must win for BYU's? Big 12 title hopes. No, but it feels like it. It feels because it's so early. It's so early in the season still that like BYU could lose this game and then win out and be in position to potentially win the conference. That's the thing. That's the thing. Soccer, you're gonna have a tie in there somewhere. So no, it's it's not technically a must win, but it feels like it. It feels like BYU needs at least a draw here to feel like we're in good position to win the conference. If we feel like BYU's top four good and number one win the match. Good, they better win the match. Win, win it. Win it. All right. This is from John Beck at yeah. JBeck12 on X. Mm-hmm. When they play, whoop, there it is, at my son's morning Pop Warner game, it takes me back to 1993. Where's my starter jacket? <laughs> did you ever own a starter jacket? I did. So growing up, I was split BYU and North Carolina, actually. My dad tried to raise me a Tar Heel. I had a starter UNC jacket in 1994 that I got from okay. Kmart. Okay. Yeah, I also owned a starter jacket. They were so cool. They were so fun. Uh, I had, a, had an Apex jacket, too. You remember those? No. The Apex jackets, which were the main competitor with starter. The nice. Orlando Magic Apex jacket. And then I had a BYU starter jacket. Nice. I'd right. wear one of those now, like a pullover. It's got the big old like Velcro pouch in the front like you're a kangaroo Retro? or something. Oh, everybody would uh, want that now. That would be great. Someone get on that. BYU store. Let's go. BYU football with Kalani Stocky is tomorrow night, 830 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Coach discusses uh, the Kansas game, looks ahead to Cincinnati, and uh, BYU going with the Royal Rush this week on the Let's go. Time to recap the weekend with the Big 12 Roundup. Okay. And prop picks. Did Jerem finally get a head-to-head win in his predictions? I need one. This is BYU Sports Nation. I need it. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You saw you saw the sharpshooter, Spencer Jones? I did. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Shot almost 50% from the three-point line last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Studio B. Uh, along with another sharpshooter once upon sharpshooter. a time, yep. Nick <laughs> Robinson. Nick, Nick's still out there practicing, Oh, man. let's go, man. You still got it, Nick? Every now and again. Are you the best shooter on the staff right now? No. Who's the best shooter on the staff? I'd say Cody Figure's probably Cody's the best still shooter. The guy Cody Figure is the greatest pickup shooter I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I haven't played at the level you guys have played, but I was like, does everyone shoot 70% from three? Exactly. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, he only runs three-point line to three-point <laughs> <laughs> No defense. <laughs> three-point line to three-point line. He's three a specialist. <laughs> I love this. Uh, we were just talking about how excited we are that the Big 12 schedule is finally out. We knew the opponents. Yeah. Like, we knew BYU was going to play, but we didn't know the dates. 
and the order of said opponents, now that it's out, it's just really exciting. Um, and, I mean, Nick, when, when you first saw it and you saw the rundown and the, and the layout, what was your first reaction to that? So my first thought was, how many of these teams played in the NCAA tournament last <laughs> year? And 11 of our 18 right games, 11 of those teams were in the NCAA tournament last year. He just brought up the seeds of all of those teams as we went through the schedule. Yeah, right? Great. And so then, it, then at that point, it's like, okay, which teams are preseason ranked right now in the top 25? And four of the teams are. Five of those teams right, will play. And three of those games are going to be in the Marriott Center. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yes. I love that. Okay, so you went you went to the idea of the Marriott Center Magic, where you host those big time opponents. That's that, see that I'm with you. That is super exciting that they're going to be in pro. There's going to be a couple games where they just don't know what hit them in terms of the atmosphere. And then Spencer, you guys feed off of that. Oh yeah, we saw that in games. We've seen that in games forever. But what are you most excited about with this schedule and opportunity? Because obviously the competition goes way up. For sure. Yeah, the competition goes way up. It's like, I mean, you guys have obviously been here when we play like a Gonzaga or St. Mary's, but it's going to be like that every game. The Marriott Center is going to be full, the crowd's going to be rocking, and we have the best fans, so this is going to be a, a crazy, fun atmosphere and crazy, fun year. Have you seen the uniforms with the Big 12 logo on them yet? Um, yes. How do, what, we have to try them on. Yeah. What did you think when you saw that for the Super first time? Super clean. Super yeah. clean. It's just, it's an exciting, again, I keep using the word exciting, but that's what it is. Um, it's, it's new, it's fresh, and it opens up against Cincinnati in early January. Um, I, I know you got to get through the non-conference, Nick, but how do you feel about a home game to open up Big 12 play? You know, I think it's a great opportunity, not just for us, right, but for our fans. Um, I mean, the Big 12 anticipation has been going on all summer, right? You think about that uh, the season tickets, right, didn't even get opened up to the public, right, that it just sold out, right, which is fantastic. Rock Nation's been in full force all fall, and we know they're going to be super excited come January 6th when we open up against Cincinnati. It's going to be awesome, man. Uh, what do you, Spence, what do you think of the Tuesday-Saturday format? There's one Wednesday thrown in there, but mm-hmm. Tuesday-Saturday. That's a little different. In the WCC, it was always a Thursday-Saturday. Um, so when we would travel, it would be like, hey, we're going to play Thursday, then we'll fly to our next place on Friday, and then we'll play on Saturday. So I'm not sure quite how the travel is going to be, but um, definitely a different format for us. Yeah, Coach, how, does, how do the logistics of that work? Because BYU obviously doesn't practice on Sunday, so you'll have – when you have a Tuesday game, you have a Monday to go all in um, following a Saturday game. So how, how is that going to work? Yeah, so like Spencer said, you know, for us it's been Thursday, Saturday, and we almost view it as a staff as now as a Saturday, Tuesday, right? So from a travel perspective, we'll travel like we always have. It's really the time zones, right, that'll be a little bit new, unique, as well as some of the afternoon Saturday games that we'll have. But yes, we'll have to manage, right, not playing or practicing on Sunday, right, in preparation for a Tuesday game. And I assume there's only two times where you go out and stay out for that second game, right, where it's a Saturday and Tuesday on the road. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, logistically, we'll still work out some of those details. Um, but, the, you know, that's, you know, the anticipation is there will be, uh, you know, two trips where we'll have to stay out. Yeah, and, and in the past, it was every road trip. That's you correct. You were going out Wednesday and you would come home yep. Saturday night or Sunday, right? Yeah. So I guess it's a little tighter that way. Yeah. Spencer, how do you feel about the prospect of playing at Kansas? In Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Um, I was talking to a bunch of people before the season even started, before we even knew the schedule. And this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as a player, you know. You can 
I'm sure you can go and watch some games there, but as a player getting to come back for my senior year, being like, we're going to go play at Kansas. Incredible. Which senior year are you talking about again? Yeah. How do you, uh, by the way, you guys uh, quietly oh, started practice yesterday for the yeah. first time, which was awesome. How were the first uh, two practices? It went really well. Went really well. We, we started uh, at 6 a.m., so. That's um, a tradition. Yeah, it is. That's what you guys do. It's an early one. Um, but it went really, really well. Guys were competitive, and then um, our second practice later in that afternoon was was also competitive, and just keep it rolling. Coach, what are you seeing from your team that makes you feel like these guys are ready for what Cody Feger called the mental warfare of the Big 12? Yeah, one of the things that's really interesting is we're a year older, right? We've got great leadership right amongst our guys right now. And the effort and the competitiveness has been fantastic, right, from this summer, right? Ten practices before the foreign tour, guys really bonded. We came back and didn't lose any of that competitive spirit. So that's been really exciting. People were excited about this roster. Spencer, uh, late ad with Marcus Adams Jr., of course. How does he look in practice? Um, he's been good. He... Um you know, it was a great addition to our team. He's been gelling really well with the guys, and we're excited to have him here. Who has surprised you, Spencer, of your teammates from their off-season workouts, the way they showed up at practice? Like, who, who is the guy you're like, whoa, you got better? Um, I've personally been really impressed with Jackson. He, uh, I know that last year it seemed like, you know, he would have a really, really good game, and then he would kind of have, you know, it, was, it kind of felt like a roller coaster for him. Yeah. Um, and he's been a lot, he's been really consistent, he's been aggressive and shooting the ball, and um, I've been super impressed with him. In terms of point guard, um, is, it, is it Dallin, obviously, and then Trey, and then is, is Jackson playing a little point as well, Nick? Yes, we've seen uh, multiple guys play at the point guard position. Uh, Spence will roll out there every now and again. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, you know, but for us right now, uh, you know, the ability that we're going to be able to play with pace right, and space really is relying on everybody on the floor being a point guard. Is that uh, an emphasis or, or new this year that you want a little more pace with the offense, or was that the same thing as last year? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty consistent, okay. right, under Coach Pope's tenure. Uh, but again, like, we have the ball in our bigs' hands at times where they need to be in a point guard mentality and make great decisions, right? Our wings, our point guard, again, everybody on the floor has got to do a great job of making great decisions, especially when we head into the Big 12. Yeah. Ali Khalifa with the ball in his hand at the top of the key is going to be something new this year, and he is an unbelievable passer. Unbelievable. It's going to be fun to watch. Crazy right? passer. He, he hit Jackson on a back cut yesterday. Um, he had the ball at the top of the key, and he was like looking to his right, and Jackson back cut left, and he was just like, like for the easiest layup in the little world. little no-look dime from, hey, you know, yeah, your it was, center. It was nice. He's such a good passer. It's crazy. I love that. Yeah. Okay, we'll finish with this. I love the managing expectations conversation because, as you both know, and as we've discussed here at length, it's going to be a massive uptick game to game. Um, and Coach Pope, to his, I heard him talk to a group of boosters, and I loved this, the example he gave. He said he gave Iowa State as an example. He's like, Iowa State, okay, they went 7-11 and 11 last year in the Big 12 Conference. They were four games under 500 and were a six seed in the tournament. Um, and that, that kind of puts things in perspective. So how do you guys manage those expectations? Um, because clearly they're, this is basketball, a lot of games, they're going to be wins and losses. How do you both go into handling them and managing expectations in this tough of a conference as you battle to get back in the NCAA tournament? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, right, we understand, right, the level of competition that is coming our way, right? And so for us, you know, Coach Pope has been talking about every single day matters, right? We just had the conversation yesterday that one stop, right, really, really matters depending on what game you're playing and what situation you're in. So for us, the expectation is to come out and compete, right, every single day in practice so it'll prepare us, right, as we head into the Big 12. It's super exciting. But we also expect, right, Cougar Nation and Rock Nation, right, to everybody to show out because this is one of the most exciting, right, opportunities that BYU basketball over an entire conference has had, right, to be able to have top 25 teams preseason ranked who knows how many will be in the top 25 when we get there to come into the Merritt Center is super exciting well said Spencer anything you want to add to that as we uh, close out <laughs> let's uh let's go get a go compete and have a crazy fun year man Cincinnati Amen. on January 6th the Bearcats are walking into a hornet's nest I, I don't think the Big 12 understands how big the Merritt Center is like how loud the Merritt I'm Center excited for them it's to find be awesome. out it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for them to find out. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good luck with practice. Okay, after further review, recaps the Kansas game, breaks down the film on uh, Cincinnati coming up Friday night. Oh, it's a night game. BYU pretty good at night. Indeed. 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. 19-3 since 2019? 25-3, Spence. Oh, 25! 25-3, 6 p.m. or later. You know who else wins a lot? BYU women's soccer, and they just yeah. beat Texas. BYU own Texas? The state is pretty big. (laughs) This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Oh, we took out threads out of the uh, script here. That was a good decision. That was the proper decision, whoever made that. Breaking news. <laughs> no more threads. <laughs> we don't care about threads. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. You are you getting ready for Cincinnati Friday? Yesterday, head coach Klein Stocky told the media why he is still confident the run game is going to get going. Yeah, it's all fixable. I mean, that, that's the probably uh, hard hard to answer in 30 seconds, but it's all fixable, and we're working on getting that done. And then that's uh, the proof will be in what what we do on Friday. So that the, the um, that will be the attempt. And then and I know that we have coaches that have coached uh, a lot of yards run before, and, and players that can do it too. So uh, there shouldn't be any reason why we can't do what we want on Friday night. Proof's in the pudding, Spence. BYU hosts its first Big 12 home game Friday night. Pre-game 80 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Ready. Give me 80 to 100 rushing yards and BYU's got a great chance. I can't believe I just that, said that. That many, huh? Yep. Puka Nakua, five catches, 72 yards. Some dazzling catches in those five. In a Rams 19-16 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, Puka up to 338 receiving yards through three games. Second most in NFL history through his first three games. 30 catches. Just, it's been a wild start to the season so awesome. for Puka. Number six, BYU women's soccer beat number 14, Texas, 3-2 in Austin last night. Thanks to goals from Ellie Walbrook, Olivia Katoa, uh, Wade Katoa, and this game winner from Aaron Bailey in the 84th minute. Out wide, this one centered in front, off the foot of Bailey and into the net. BYU goes up by one with less than seven to play. I love hearing the oh no from the analyst <laughs> on the Longhorn Network. 
Uh, yeah, oh. we, we uh, try and avoid that on our uh, the Cougars. <laughs> we barely do games now uh, on this uh, channel. Cougars are 2 and 0-1 in league play with seven points, tied for fourth. BYU hosts Cincinnati Thursday night. Men's basketball on the Big 12 schedule. Just talked to Nick Robinson, Spencer Johnson. Released this morning, BYU will open conference play hosting Cincinnati on January 6th and at Baylor on the 9th. Other notable games include home game to Texas. January 27th, and at Kansas on February 27th. BYU rounds out Big 12 play when they host Oklahoma State on March 9th. Cougars will play 13 games on ESPN+. Where's LMU and Pacific? Said no one. The women's hoops Big 12 schedule was also released this Pacific's morning. Pacific's not traveling. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> BYU opens Big 12 play at TCU December 30th for hosting Oklahoma. January 3rd. No one says it like that. BYU rounds out Big 12 play against Shaylee Gonzalez in Texas in Austin on March 2nd. We will talk women's hoops coming up in the next segment. BYU women's volleyball up one spot in the latest ABCA poll to number nine. Makes them the hey. highest ranked Big 12 team. Well, they swept two ranked teams last week in Baylor and Houston. Up next, a trip to Austin for two back-to-back -back nights against 10th ranked Texas. B big time. And BYU's a higher ranked team. Let's go. Get a split. BYU men's golf set the William H. Tucker Intercollegiate in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Cougars off to a hot start today, shooting five under. So far, climbing from eighth to third. Zach Jones is leading BYU, shooting four under so far, tied for 15th. Those are the headlines. Now, some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Ramp is up by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Yesterday in the Salt Lake Tribune, the winningest coach in BYU women's hoops history, Jeff Judkins, was featured in an article quoted in it saying, I think the administration felt like it was a good time to try if I was going to retire to get somebody there before the Big 12. Get somebody established a little bit. I don't think you're ever ready for retirement, among many other quotes. What do you make of the quote in that article? That Juddy wasn't ready to leave BYU. Clearly no. And that stinks because we love Jeff Judkins and everything he did for this program. So it just it's a tough scenario any way you look at it. And I, I hate that it had to end that way for Jeff. It's a little awkward still, frankly, um, because we like Jeff and we like Brigham. And now he's at, at his Utah. alma mater at Utah. And now they will play against each other this year and, and next year in, we assume, twice in league. So it's, it's kind of a weird ending there, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, uh, fun but weird at times. Uh, BYU football with Clarence Tucker. They play some really fun games. It's fun to watch. Uh, among the great information you get on that show, tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Chase Roberts in the house. Up next, we've talked about the men's basketball schedule at length. Let's uh, do the same with women's basketball, and even better with the head coach, Amber Whiting, and one of her veteran stars, Kaylee Smiler, in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We've waited long enough because the Big 12 women's basketball schedule is also out yeah, for all baby. to see and contemplate. In fact, let's get right to it and look at the rundown for BYU, which begins on December 30th at TCU, followed by the Big 12 home opener against the team BYU faced last year, Oklahoma. Last back two in the years. Marriott yeah, th three years in a row. Let's go. Iowa State then at Houston on January 10th. Cincinnati and Oklahoma State follow those games. As we move into the latter part of January, Texas Tech at home at Kansas State. 
and then a date with the Kansas Jayhawks on the last day of January. Into February, as we push towards what BYU believes will be an NCAA tournament appearance. Let's go, baby. West Virginia visits the Marriott Center, as does Baylor. Then at Cincinnati on February 10th, at UCF. That's a tough stretch right there. A lot of travel right there. Cincy and UCF back-to-back. Kansas and TCU will visit the Marriott Center on February 17th and February 21st. And then at Iowa State, home to Houston. And how about the finale, Jeremy? Hey, Shaley Gonzalez. Welcome at back. That'll Texas. Be fun yep. March basketball with drama at Texas facing former BYU great Shaley Gonzalez. Would have liked to have had Texas at home, but that's okay. Well, as it works out, we have... Amber Whiting, the head coach of BYU Women's Basketball, and one of her outstanding veteran players, Kaylee Smiler, with us in Studio B. Welcome. What's up? How are we doing? Good. Good. You, you've had a chance to look at the schedule longer than we have. Yeah, we've okay. just had the game set, not the dates, but the games for a while. How are you feeling about it overall? You I'm see, excited. No, I'm excited. We know it's going to be tough. We know, but they've been working their butts off all summer for that. Does that make sense? So it's like. We knew it was coming. It's a gauntlet, and that's why we signed up for this. Right? Kayla, what do you think when you see that schedule? And Wednesday basketball and Saturdays will be a big thing now. Um, it makes me really excited. As Ember said, like we've been working all summer, the teams together. We know the schedule. We're not scared, and we're ready to go for it. What's different about this team, this go-around for you, Kayla? You've been around a lot of different squads. You've had multiple head coaches. You've had a lot of different rosters. So what's, what's unique about this team as you prepare for this schedule? Um, what's unique about this team? We have a ton of new recruits that have come in. They're awesome. Um, something that I love that's maybe not new, unique but has been brought back is really well chemistry on the court as well as off the court. So our girls get along together throughout the whole summer. We went on an amazing trip to mm-hmm. Europe. So all the team bonding, it's going to show on the court as well. I love that as prep for the Big 12. I think that's critical. Well, and Kaylee, did, did you go on one as a freshman? You've been here long enough to yeah. make you almost got two. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Where'd you go the first, on the first one again? Um, where, where, where did we go? Yeah, on your We went to a trip. ton of places. We went to Italy, Slovenia. No, the first. Did you go on another foreign trip? Yeah, that was it. We went to Europe trip. No, oh, the first time as well. Yep. yep. Two Europe trips for Kaylee Smiler. Be at BYU that long, you can get in two. Okay, um, when you look at this schedule, I think it's really nice that you're never at home more than twice or never on the road more than twice. That's the same with the men. The balance seems to be pretty good. Obviously, like I said, Texas at home would have been nice. But other than that, it seems like it's pretty good given that you're going to play five teams twice, eight teams yeah. once. Do you like how it kind of shakes out in the end no i do and we had when we had our coaches meetings um in texas they actually brought in the logistical scheduler like and he broke it down of how it works Mm. and what you know i mean so he's really really good so you don't see a whole lot of lopsidedness to that um i know when you said this swing of cincinnati like we're gonna go out and stay out because it's uh, they did that once for every single team, so then the travel logistics kind of works a little bit better. At Cincinnati and then at UCF. Mm-hmm. And, of course, BYU doesn't practice on Sunday, and so, yeah, you travel Sunday, practice Monday, said, anytime get ready for there's Tuesday. two time zones, you go out the two days before. Mm. And so, yeah. Okay, so you, you mitigate the problem a little bit or the issue just by staying out there. Mm-hmm. Now, what, how does that work with logistics and homework and handling all that stuff? Like, Kaylee, I mean, that's, that's geared for you, but, like, you're on a long road trip in the middle of the semester. How do you handle that and kind of the rigors of class and just being gone for essentially a week? Yeah, we're always told to 
plan ahead. So we have a ton of support with um, mentors. Our professors are amazing at BYU. They understand that we're not only athletes and we're students, and so we get to do both. We'll just grind through it and it'll work out. Uh, this, this is nothing compared to baseball. Yeah, it's true. Just so we're all on the same page. Those <laughs> guys are going for a, like a, new dynamic a for basketball. full four to six weeks. Yeah, but for hoops, obviously, it's, it's more travel. It's not Malibu, but it is a raise in competition. How have you sort of prepared? Because you've been preparing for this schedule, not just this year, but last year and when you got the job, right, during the summer, of, okay, I've got a group that can handle this schedule, and let's get into the NCAA tournament. Um, I really like the, like she said, the chemistry and practice, right? But they get after it and they get after at each other. And we have a guy squad that's come in. And so everything in practice is kind of amped up this year, especially even, I mean, last year. Yeah. But this year, especially. And so I just feel like we know them better. We can push them a little harder and we just really go after it that way. You open up late December. I mean, it's not before Christmas, like it has been in the West coast conference sometimes, but mm -hmm. how do you feel about the, the start date and the at TCU and then back back home to host Oklahoma start for you? Um, I was just telling Spy on the way over, like, there's not one game that we get off, right? Like, right. it's all a grind. And Mark uh, Campbell just took over TCU, and he's brought in some really good recruits. And so there's not one game that you have off. It's just go time. Kaylee, you've been in this fight for a minute. This is a unique challenge in BYU history. W what is it like for this group to prepare for uh, this new venture with the women's basketball program? It's nothing new. You prepare it the same way that we always do. Um, you listen to your coaches, they have a game plan, you trust them, you trust each other, and um, just look with everything with a positive mindset. So we're not afraid to be joining the Big 12 because when you're prepared, you know what the game plan is and what you can do. What do you expect when you see your former longtime teammate Shaylee Gonzalez on the other sideline for Texas in March? <laughs> oh, I miss that girl. Like We, we came in together as freshmen, you know, lived together for two years. I'm really proud of her and the work that she's done. And it's just going to be a fun rivalry to meet up and play against her, and we'll both compete our hardest. She's got some fun uh, posts with, like, Drake and Kevin Durant <laughs> just, like, showing up. You know, hey, there's some benefits there. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to compete we got to get Post Malone down here from Park City. Or yeah, let's get Post Malone. BYU yeah. women's Post basketball Malone, practice. where you at, dog? Let's Come on, go, Post. Man. Come hang out with BYU. somebody with some face <laughs> tattoos around here. Okay, um, when you look at this group that you've assembled, what is it that they have um, – done to get better and prepare? Because you've recruited really well, you've gone on a foreign trip, you've said they put in the work. Where have you seen growth that you th think we'll start to see on this schedule? Um, I think they have all bought in. And they aren't, like we talked yesterday as a team, no one's bigger than the, anyone next to them in that circle. Um, and so I just feel like, and they're all a little bit more feisty this year, right? Like, and they, Why is that? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. It's a good feisty, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they just go at each other and they, they're vying for that starting spot and the minutes and everything else. And so they're not afraid of competition. And that's what I love in every last one of them. Um, and so, yeah, they have all stepped up. And so it's going to be fun to just be able to coach them. And that's on us as a staff that like, we got to do our job now, put them all together, put them in the spots that they get to be successful in and that they're most successful. And so hopefully it comes out better. Does any of that feistiness stem from the coach that is with them every day? Yeah. Are you referring to, <laughs> to Lee Kamard? <laughs> I love that. John Wardenberg, the opposite of feist. It, 
He yeah. is he is settled. I, yeah, what's what's it like to have John back in the mix here? He's um, a really good sounding board and like kind of like that rock, that steadiness, right? Yeah. Like we might get, I mean, what was it yesterday? I was like, and again, and again on defense, and he's like, okay, that's enough, coach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we'll be out there forever if we want to, just because that's the defense side of me, right? Like we're gonna get, do it till we get a stop, and so um, I don't know how long that last group was out, but it was a while and. He's like, okay, let's do something different. That's funny. In football, <laughs> there's the get-back guy. They'll make sure Kalani doesn't wander out on the field. John's mm -hmm. sort of the verbal get-back. Maybe, yeah. Coach, maybe? Yes, okay. he keeps me grounded for sure. How's the TikTok game? Because I saw you and Kaylee did one <laughs> over here from Studio A a couple days ago on the media shoot. How's, how's, uh, how's that going? That's, yep, So what happens every single media day. You make sure you schedule it with every teammate. And I'm like, I hope you're prepared because I'm prepared. So you told everybody you're, you're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, you, and you. Yep. Awesome. This Who's time? the choreographer? Are you the main choreographer there? Oh, I never make them up. I just kind of look on TikTok. I'm like, okay, so you take really trends. Cool. You take yeah. general trends and then yeah. just do them again. Do them better, But yeah. you and your sister uh -huh. do something together, right? Yeah, my sister's a hip-hop instructor. So okay, she's like, you're legit. She's, got the she's moves. super legit. Too. Yeah. yeah, okay. Very All right, Coach, uh, before we break, is there a favorite road trip that you look? I mean, is there is there a place that you're excited to visit more than than any in big in the Big Twelve besides Morgantown? Uh, <laughs> I I'm just excited for all because no one's. Yeah. And the one thing I am excited is like last year it was like every time we went somewhere. Oh, we did this here. We did this here. Yeah. I'm excited to create new memories together as a staff to create new memories as a team. Every single place we go that's new. So that's what I'm excited for. And then you'll be like. Yes, I did like that hotel in Ames. I did like that restaurant yes. in Manhattan, Kansas. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, establish it. Yeah. You started that last week in yeah. Lawrence. You're like, go, okay, man. get the lay of the go land. Lawrence, Let's Kansas. Go. I think I'm most happy that there are no Monday games for you. That's, that's no 100%. Monday games. No Monday. That's a win. Wednesday, yeah. Saturday. One that's Tuesday. The first, that's the first win. One, no Monday games. No Monday games. Just one Tuesday in there. So. Hey. Great to have both of you here. Super excited about the Big 12 slate. Thank you. And, uh, I mean, I follow, know you know. This is right around the corner. Like, this is... Follow Kaylee on uh, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Are you on threads, too, still? Or have you <laughs> no, even up on threads? Uh, Dancing's not a thing. We're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good day. Thank you. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, football timeout for just a moment. The Big 12 basketball conference schedules are out and live for both men's and women's basketball. We'll review the BYU men's schedule with Spencer Johnson and Nick Robinson. And then Amber Whiting and Kaylee Smiler visit Studio B to offer insight from the women's team. Plus, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick says the run game is still fixable, but what will it take for it to get back on track? And this week's Top 5 Tuesday features the best Friday night games in BYU football history. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, September 26th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a fan of the new pop culture power couple, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Welcome, Jerem Jordan. Sports Center did a funny thing this morning. They were like, hey, we're going to talk about Swift and Kelsey, but they were talking about the Eagles with DeAndre uh -huh, Swift uh -huh. and uh, Jason Kelsey. That was funny. Uh, Cincinnati Bearcats at Go Bearcats. Hey, uh, Friday football game with Cincinnati and BYU. This uh, yesterday afternoon, Swifties, 
Why limit yourself to concert tees when you sport a Travis Kelsey limited edition Go oh, Bearcats yeah. jersey? Yep. Fully support Taylor Swift's new boo. Be fearless. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping in on uh, on the momentum of uh, them hanging out. So that's pretty funny. Will we see a Travis Kelsey jersey in Lavelle Edwards Stadium from somebody on Friday night? I wouldn't doubt it. With how there could much be movement, one. With how much movement this thing has and how fast Amazon Prime shipping is and whatever other shipping services you want to use are, yeah. someone could have this jersey and be totally but rocking like, it. No, BYU ball. fans wearing this, so I wonder if a Cincinnati Bearcat yeah. fan will have a Travis Kelsey jersey in the house. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be great. Seize the opportunity to go and make a little bit of money off Everybody's of Everybody's out for a distinguished buck. Distinguished alumni. Out for a, <laughs> a buck. <laughs> who was it? I'm, I think it was Walter Payton's son, Jarrett Payton, who took the video. Who, he just happened to be like filming in the Kansas State locker room right when Travis and Taylor walked by. And oh, is that who it was? Yeah, I think it was, it was Walter. Payton's I think son I'm pretty sure. Just hanging out. Yeah, really, really funny. Hey, it, it's it's a movement, man. It is an absolute movement right now, and we're moving into a rise and shout because it's time for what's trending. Time out for Big 12 basketball. I know we're peak football season, but this is the first ever Big 12 slate for BYU men's and women's basketball. We knew the opponents. We didn't know the specific dates and the order of games. Now we do, and we begin with the BYU men's basketball schedule in their first go-around of the Big 12. If you haven't heard, it's the toughest basketball conference in all the land. Well, on the planet. And it uh, begins, In this galaxy. <laughs> it begins with Cincinnati, of all teams, right? Fitting, given our conversation. Get you, Travis Kelsey jerseys. Hot off the press. Since he is in Provo, an NIT team last year that lost to Utah Valley as they bowed out of the National Invitation Tournament. <laughs> we both did that. Indeed. We share that in common. You took the words right out of my mouth. So Cincinnati and BYU open up things for the Cougars on January 6th. Then the first ever road Big 12 game at Baylor, followed by a road contest at UCF. Cougars home to Iowa State, then at Texas Tech. And here come the Houston Cougars to the Marriott Center on January 25th. Remember when they were ranked number one for a long time last year? They were one seed. Yeah, I remember that too. Uh, it's followed by, you know, ho-hum Texas, mm-hmm. two seed in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. on January 27th. You want me to call the seeds as we go here? This is unbelievable. Yeah, nine seed West okay. Virginia. <laughs> okay, so Baylor was the three. <laughs> Iowa State was the six. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Houston was a one. Texas was a two. Yep. Uh, West Virginia was a nine. Uh-huh. Okay, keep going. That's quite the keep road going. trip. That West Virginia to open up the February slate. Yep. At Oklahoma, they didn't make the tournament. Oh, yeah, they six. stink. They didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Kansas, Just kidding. Kansas State. Three. <laughs> they had a nice little run, didn't they? On February 10th in Provo. Then BYU with UCF on February 3rd. At Oklahoma State on February 17th. A couple of more teams that did not First make the tournament. Out. Yep. Baylor. Three. In Provo on February 20th. At Kansas State. Three. At Kansas One. on February 27th, then home to TCU at Iowa Six. State. <laughs> Six. And Oklahoma State rounds Just out the out. Big 12 schedule. Oh, my gosh. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Okay. 
let's talk about some stuff here. Okay, yeah, what what stands out to you besides all of the returning okay. NCAA tournament teams? So you add in five-seed San Diego State, who went to the NCAA uh, turn- March Madness championship game, 11-seed uh, Arizona State, and then BYU wins that and NC State wins, or, or NC State loses, BYU loses. You could play NC State, who was in 11 as well. So there are 10.5 teams that made the NCAA tournament. Nine were single-digit seeds. Eight were top-six seeds. And then you look at the sort of composition of the schedule, Spence. Yep. There is certainly a tough stretch once you play Texas Tech Saturday, January 20th. Then you host Houston um, and, and Texas at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, Kansas State. That's a really tough stretch. No easy yeah. ones in conference. You certainly look at like a UCF as like, okay, BYU and UCF. They're, they're looking at the schedule going, oh, BYU, those are a couple of wins. BYU's looking at UCF going, hey, we got to get those. So that, there's not a game off. In this situation, there really is not. But it's going to be exciting because every game matters. It's a Saturday-Tuesday format for the most part. Uh, BYU is going to play 10 Saturdays. They're going to play seven Tuesdays. And on an afternoon. And you got one Wednesday as well. you got three afternoon games. Last afternoon home game for BYU, I was told this morning, was back in 2011 against Baylor. Uh, Also a Big 12 team. My sister got married that day. I missed that game. But was I watching my phone while we were taking pictures outside the Salt Lake Temple? I was. So, yeah, this is exciting. 13 of the 18 are on ESPN+. Plus. If you don't have it already, you're going to need it for uh, at least men's basketball, let alone everything else that we're doing there. So uh, it's, it's exciting, man, but it's certainly uh, overbearing, and BYU is do- doing everything it can to put itself in position to be interesting come March for the NCAA tournament with this schedule. Quality of schedule, not going to be an issue for sure. Yeah. The amount Saturday, of wins, yes. The Saturday afternoon tip-off against Texas on ESPN or ESPN2, just that one, especially after hosting Houston on Tuesday night, like that, that's an unbelievable home week for BYU basketball. Fun one, man. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. So, yeah, just the – the qual I, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum. We knew that this was, this was, we knew this was going to happen. We yeah. knew it. But when you see it laid out, it hits different. <sighs> In the words of Taylor Swift, it hits different. Okay? Nice. This is, this is unbelievable. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about, you know, some critical and key three-game stretches here in just a moment. But I'm looking at late February when, when BYU is hopefully going to be trying to make their resume – a little more juicy for the selection committee to look at and say, yeah, they've earned it. Have They'll have plenty of opportunity to earn quality wins beginning so on February 20th. So you host Baylor, who awesome. won a national championship a few years ago. Yep. And then BYU's got to go on the road to Kansas State, followed by a road trip to that's, Kansas. That's the Sunflower State trip that's going to be tough. Oh, my gosh. Going, well, and think about it. The Kansas State games have a lot more juice with the Quez Glover thing, Jerome Tank's comments. Um, those certainly factor into sort of how that's going to feel out. No question. No question. But it's here, and it's awesome, and it's also terrifying at the same time. It's real and it's spectacular. (laughs) Nice. Topic two. Yesterday, Aaron Roderick addressed the run game on Coordinator's Corner. Here's what he said. Mm. Just achieving uh, some balance on early downs. You know, we're we're getting into too many third and long situations. And, um, you know, again, Talk about turnovers. When you're, in, when you're in a lot of third and longs, that's what defenses want, right? They love to, to bring in their sub packages and blitz you and give you the funky coverage that they practiced all week for, you know. But when you're in third and two, third and three, you know, third and one, those situations, now it's advan- advantage to the offense. And so 
we need to have some success running the ball on early downs. Um, and so, you know, that would be just, that'd be a start. Not even, not even talking about explosive runs or long touchdown runs right now. Just need to get some consistency at some early down run plays. And we're mainly talking about getting four yards on first down. That, that would be a success rate, right? So do you believe the run game will get going at some point? Yes, just not this week against one of the best defensive lines in the entire conference. It is not happening this week. Dante Corleone is a monster. In fact, Aaron Roderick mentioned him on Coordinator's Corner yeah. by name yesterday. He said, I, I don't know exactly how to say his last name, Corleone, Corleone. We spoke with Dante, Big 12 Media Days. The Godfather. That dude is locked in, and that defensive line is, speaking of real and spectacular, that defensive line is seriously one of the best Juwan, in the Big 12. Juwan Briggs is as good of a defensive end as you could have. And oh, by the way, Corleone leads the team in sacks and tackles for loss as a D tackle. It's unbelievable. He's not an end. He's a tackle. This is not the week to get the run game going. I'm sorry. It, it's BYU, not. BYU's going to have to chuck it. They're going to have to chuck it. But Aaron was really good about um, – you know, what they need to do in the passing game some more. In fact, let's listen to what he said about uh, what, what they need to do in terms of passing. Uh, the other part of the problem is we don't want to throw 51 passes. You know, we'd like to be 35-40 and, and get some more production out of our run game. And um, we just it got to a situation where we were struggling to run the ball, and so we had to throw it 51 times. And um, if you throw 51 passes, there's a good chance there's going to be an interception or two in there somewhere. You know, that's why we'd rather – get more balance going with our run game yeah. and our passing game, complementing each other. And then uh, that's a formula for being able to take better care of the football. Remember when BYU ran 57 total plays against Arkansas? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They threw the ball 51 times. Completed minimal passes, right? What was it, 14, 13 or something from Keaton Slovis? Like it doesn't require, well, wait, that's what we always did in the yeah. 80s and 90s. There was at least some semblance of run game to complement that. Slash, it's a different era. Like, Ty Detmer could throw four touchdown passes and two interceptions, and you did not bat an eye. It did not cost BYU in the same way. Because they were like, yeah, we're going to put up 45 and outscore them 45-38 or whatever. Yeah. In, in, in this era of, of BYU football, I don't know if you guys knew this, but BYU's not playing New Mexico and Wyoming anymore. Um, they are playing. Oh, they're playing Wyoming quality, next year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Why play G5 road games? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. I know that Alabama went to USF this year, but like maybe once in a blue moon and it's never Utah State or Boise State, but that's just me. <laughs> What's the point of or that? Or Wyoming? You don't have to, yeah. Uh, yes, Aaron, Aaron knows what he's talking about. He's the OC. He knows way more than me. But like 51 passes is going to lend itself oh, to a weird bounce here or there. And so BYU has to figure out some kind of run game. I don't need him to run for 100 yards this week, but I need timely runs where if it's third and one that you convert. If it's – what is a third and one? I don't even remember what that looks like for BYU because – A third you, and four, Jerem. Give a, me third and four. A third and manageable, right? Um, and, and maybe it is uh, shallow crosses and underneath and hitches. And like Blaine Fowler was saying on the post game, which is there are ways that you can make simple throws, screens, that to alleviate some of this. And this week, BYU's going to have to figure it out against a really good defense. Yeah, well, and you bring up the short passing games. Like, wow, well, yeah. Cody Epps will get back. Yeah, that'll help. I don't think Cody's going to play. When based is Cody going to play? Based on my conversation and the response I got from Aaron Rodgers yesterday, yeah. I am led to believe that we will not see Cody Epps in a game until after the bye week. Like I don't think he's going to play against Cincinnati. That's a bummer. Stinks. Parker Kingston doesn't sound like he's going to play either. Yeah, Parker should be cleared, we learned yesterday from Aaron, but if he hasn't practiced all week, 
Like, that's they, tough to throw in a want, freshman. Yeah, they want who a hasn't player practiced. to practice. Exactly. Unless your name's Jaron Hall against Notre Dame. Now, the good then news you don't is have to Dom Henry was a guy who was getting a lot of attention in training camp. Dom Henry was nicked up. He's finally healthy. So maybe, maybe he's the guy that we see take the place of Cody Epps and Parker Kingston. But still, that's a lot to ask like, like, a young guy to step in and like, or, hey. No, don't ask him to do that. Like, just ask Darius and Chase and Keanu and Isaac Rex and Keelan Marin to do more. That, that'd be fine. Darius Lasseter, good player. Keelan Marin, we have not seen him. We've seen him in yeah. moments. Keelan uh, was Aaron's Roberts. offensive player of the week. Yeah. The 37-yard grab was tremendous. Uh, he scored blo- on a, the jet sweep touchdown. Yep. He's blocking really effectively downfield. So there, there are ways to get around this, but one of those things includes taking care of the ball. Like, if BYU takes care of the ball against Cincinnati, I like their chances. Because Cincinnati put up some crazy – scored nine touchdowns against Eastern Kentucky. But guess what? Eastern Kentucky ain't BYU. You're coming west. BYU's won both games, granted a 15 and 16 against this this group that's much improved. It's a program that has a lot of pride having made the college football playoff and a New Year's Six a couple of years ago. Huge game for BYU. Got to show up. Cincinnati's running backs run a lot like – uh, number six did for Kansas, Highshaw, that big physical back, not Devin Neal, but their yeah. physical. That's kind of how Cincinnati wants to play this game. They want to make they it ugly. Run they want the to ball, be super physical. Good defense. I don't think they're as good as Kansas' running back per se, but they will run that style. Not on offense, no, but but they have run effectively. Like four different guys have run for 100 yards, including Emory Jones, former. Okay, he's a Florida guy, Arizona State guy. Yeah. He's like Keaton Slovis, third P5 Third uh, conference, right? Experienced guy, super athletic. He's going to run more than Jalen Daniels did. And so that's something this defense has to watch out for, too. And will Ben Bywater be there? That's a concern for me. Ben's such a big playmaker on that side of the ball. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the injuries are a totally separate was shoulder with Ben? Yeah. yeah. And it might be the same shoulder that he had surgically repaired last year. We don't know the details well, of that. Right. But, but, I mean, from the first glance, he's grabbing that same shoulder yeah. when he came off the field. Not good. So, hopefully he can get back. If not, BYU's now having their depth tested and against a very, very solid Cincinnati team, especially on defense. All right, our question of the day as we begin a two for Tuesday. We've got two for the price of one on this two for Tuesday. We'll start with basketball. What's the toughest three-game stretch for BYU men's hoops in their first ever Big 12 slate? Cougar Stats on X answers Baylor, and he agrees with me, at Kansas State, at Kansas. Mm-hmm. That, That's tough that stretch in late February is wildly difficult. Oh, my gosh. Hey, go, go, go surprise some people. That's, that's what's going to happen this year. I want you to read this next one just because of the name. The Holy Cougar Day. Yes. On X. <laughs> Iowa State, Oklahoma State, game one of the Big 12 tournament. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, I like that, but you are missing uh, Oklahoma as the regular season finale. Yeah, I feel like BYU has a chance to win a couple of those games in that three-game stretch. Now, I'm looking at Baylor at Kansas State at Kansas, and if yep. BYU doesn't win any of those, I'm like, okay, well, they're not going to be favored in any of those three. No. Most what, likely. Well, let's be honest. What game is BYU going to be favored in in the Big 12? Cincinnati at home. To open? Right? A handful. UCF at home? It's not about whether you're favored. It's about whether you can produce enough to be interesting in the NCAA tournament. And this, this group is going to hopefully figure out a way to do that because the, cha- yeah. the, the schedule will not be a question for the first time in BYU history. Like, the committee won't be like, well, do they have enough quad one, two? Yeah. Ah, they have too many the almost. Be- like, the beauty did of- they win enough? Yes, the yes. beauty of the schedule, to go along with your point, is if you make the NCAA tournament, you one million percent earned it. <laughs> 
Yes! <laughs> you earned it. And, and can you approximate, like, I don't know, even a 40% win rate there would be amazing, which it, this is a big challenge, but BYU's known about it for two years, Listen, and they've been preparing. I think that they're, yes, I know they're excited. They, they get, they're excited about the opportunity to earn this. And All right. the only ones that are excited. Let's go. We're excited. Our second question on this two for Tuesday. Yeah. BYU football on topic. Do you want Keaton Slovis, based on the conversation we just had about the run game and what we brought up with Aaron Roderick, do you want Keaton Slovis and the BYU offense to throw 40-plus times a game moving forward? Basically, do you want them to continue to try and run the ball the same, in the same way? A different way, I don't know. Or just throw it more. Pass to set up the run. This is what we're getting at. Well, this is old this BYU. This is what we're getting at. Thomas Gordon on X says, ideally, no. But the fact that Keaton threw 50-plus times, and BYU still almost won. Makes me confident in BYU's improving passing game. Yeah. But BYU still needs to figure out the run because I don't want that pressure on Keaton and the receivers every single game. Well, part of the reason you throw so much is you're behind. That if you throw a ton, either Mike Leach coaches your team, may he rest in peace, or you were behind or your run game stinks. So typically it's not good, right? Two of those three reasons are not good. The good reason would be, Mike Leach was coaching your team. You know what? You know what? It was a crazy thought I had this morning. Man, if BYU can just run for like kind 80, of no. like 80 yards against Cincinnati, that's pretty good. 80 would be good. Oh my gosh! If you missed Aaron <laughs> Roderick, Jay Hill, and yesterday's coordinator, coordinator's corner, yes, it is on demand on the BYU TV app or BYUSN.com. They're so insightful. They open up. They tell you stuff on that show. Up next, we'll break down BYU's men's basketball schedule in the inaugural Big 12 season with assistant coach Nick Robinson and sharpshooter Spencer Johnson. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. How are you feeling after that uh, chocolate milk Great. chug? Uh, refre- you okay? Refreshed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few people text me like, I'd legit throw up if I tried to do that. <laughs> no, I'm good. If I had to do more than that, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't, listen, ask me to, don't ask me to drink that. I'm going to drink my chocolate milk while all of you yeah. watch... My interview with BYU freshman star running back L.J. Martin. Little, little John. That's what L.J. is for. Little John. Little John. I love that. Okay. Uh, if you haven't noticed, he has some nice capability and looks like BYU's next great running back. I asked him a number of questions, including what was his welcome to college football moment and how in the world does BYU change some things to get the ground game going with him as the focal point? Here's my one-on-one with L.J. Martin. LJ, first time BYU's in a short week as you prepare for the Friday Night Lights of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So how has this week of practice been a little bit different as you have one less day to prepare? Um, it's been a little bit more crammed, but I would say it's not really a lot different. You know, we just like, move everything up a day. And just with doing that, you know, we just got to make sure we get prepared, making sure our bodies are right and stuff like that, you know. We just get a day shorter, and, you know, they do a great job of making sure we're right. Um, Sky, Dr. Coach Phyllis, um, Kobe, all those guys in the tra- weight room, training room, they make sure we get right and we're prepared for the short week. And then as well as the coaches, just making sure that we feel good and, you know, we're not doing too much in practice, but also making sure we need to do what we need to do. For the first time this season, BYU is coming off a loss, three wins, and that one setback. How has that changed your perspective 
dealing with uh, a frustrating defeat as you get ready to try and get back on the winning track? Um, you know, it's just the same as if we won. You know, no matter what, we were going to come back out here the next day and get back to work. So that's just something we've got to continue to do. And, you know, nothing's changed for us. We're still going to try to be more, the most physical team out there, you know, the most dominant. And we're just going to come out the same way we do every week. And, you know, we're just going to keep on competing and giving, giving it the most. And that's all we could do. As you look back on the first four games of your college football career, how would you explain what that's been like? as you've gone from high school and been thrust into the spotlight as a freshman? Um, it's actually been surreal. Like, I don't know, just like, actually like when you walk into the Cougar Walk, like my first game and like you see like the students and you're like, what the heck? Like, that's actually <laughs> insane, you know? Cause you get like a student section in high school and it's probably like, I mean, it was kind of big when I, where I'm from, but like, you know, it wasn't like 10,000 people. It was just like a thousand, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know, like just having like, I don't know, like, people like send you clips and you're like on TV and it's just like you don't even think about it during the game but after the game you're like holy cow like like I'm someone who I used to watch when I was little like, like that's awesome to me. Okay and speaking of that let's take you back to the moments where you break free a long touchdown run at Arkansas or even the screen pass against Kansas what's it like to celebrate with your teammates on the road in power five football in the end zone? Oh it's awesome right because like it's just you guys versus like 80,000 other people and then while well, it's crazy because BYU actually travels a lot pretty good right so like it gets quiet but it's not really that quiet right so like even on third downs and fourth downs when the other team's on offense like it's still really loud and I'm like right because our fans start cheering and then their fans start cheering I'm like oh they just set themselves up for failure right and we get stops on like that but yeah I mean it's awesome you know they travel really well and then it's also just awesome just to be able to know you have those guys and you guys are just together and you guys got to make it happen you know just for each other it's really awesome obviously the challenge for BYU this week is to pick up big 12 win number one against a pretty stout Cincinnati defensive front and doing so when you've had some frustrations in the run game so what kind of nuances and, and differences are you putting into play to try and turn the run game around this week um, you know we've just been watching film trying to go back on what we, what we need to look at you know we just missed a couple blocks and you know I missed a couple holes myself and you know if we just get that squared away and if I don't miss the hole when they make the blocks I mean we get some good runs and you know it's vice versa but you know I think we still got a great chance to be a really good running team and I feel like we could really make it happen this week you know they're a really good defense and we really respect them but you know we feel like we have the guys to go do it and just make it happen. What's the key to finding success in the specific run tactic and scheme that you have in this BYU offense? Um, you know, it just be physical, you know, you just got to go out there and just, you know, try to just kick the other team's butt. That's pretty much it. You know, you got to go out there, just, you know, know that they're going to put up a fight and you're just going to try to fight harder. And that's really what it comes down to, who just wants it more. And, you know, that's just something that we got to work on. And, you know, O-line does a great job of that. And, you know, I really feel like they're going to get it rolling this weekend. And, you know, they have the other weeks as well. And, you know, it's just going to, I think we're finally going to put it all together. And it's going to be really great for us. What would it mean to do that against Cincinnati, who to date, I mean, you could argue, is the most stout defensive front you have faced to this point of the season? Um, you know, that would be awesome. You know, just, uh, I mean, we're not, we're focused on the opponent, but, you know, we're just taking it one game at a time. And, you know, that's the who the, they put in front of us to play this week. So that's who we're just trying to beat, you know, just trying to go out there, run on them. And then, yeah, you know, we know they're going to be a really tough matchup, a really tough defense, and we just got to go out there and make it happen because that's who they put in front of us. And, you just got to go out there and make it happen, so yeah. Yeah, what have you seen from Cincinnati's defensive front on film and in study this week? 
um, they're really good. They like to, you know, twist a lot. I mean, they mix it up a whole bunch. So, you know, we know they're a really good defense. Um, you know, we know that they got some really good coaching over there, some really good players. And, you know, we're excited for the matchup and just looking forward to giving it our all and just making the most out of it. Aside from the Cougar Walk, what was your welcome to college football moment as a player? Um, I'll probably say here at practice. Um, it was like I never picked up pass pro in in practice, and then I kind of got hit pretty good. <laughs> and I'll say that was pretty good. Or it was probably right here. Um, like I got, I was running the ball, I got tripped, and someone like boom, it was in fall camp, and like I just got sandwiched. It was nasty. So yeah, that was pretty fun. But yeah, I mean it's just been awesome. You know, everyone's been great. It's just been real fun. So yeah. What have your coaches said to you? Because it's hard to block out the noise, and obviously you want to get the run game going. You guys all know you need to get the run game going. So how do you do that? How do you block out the noise and, and try and get to a point where you believe that you can be successful in that aspect of, of the game? Well, we just got to keep on believing in each other. You know, they never had stop having believe in us, and we just got to keep on believing in them. You know, we know what we got to do, and we believe we have the right guys to do it, and, you know, we're going to continue to believe. So through that, you know, we just know that we got the right guys, and, you know, it's just believing, and we believe we could make it happen this Saturday, and, you know, that's all we got to do. We just got to believe, and then it's going to happen. What's your relationship like with your offensive line in front of you? Oh, I love those guys. Paul, it's like... I'll say it's more like big brother, little brother, you know, come the young guy kind of. So, yeah, you know, Paul's a great guy. Connor, Caleb, we call him Big Tree. I mean, I saw Caleb at church the other day. Um, Kingsley, Waylon. I mean, it's just real fun, you know, just to be around those guys. You know, we'll go out sometimes, like, just to go out and eat, like, at Chubby's sometimes. So it's just real fun to be around them. I really enjoy those guys, and I really appreciate the time and effort they put into blocking and stuff like that, and, you know, just to make sure the holes open up and stuff like that. So, yeah. BYU is looking for a quick start. Aaron Roderick, your offensive coordinator, is saying, look, we've overcome adversity. Okay, we know that we can do that. Now we're looking for the quick start. How does how do you help that happen against Cincinnati on Friday night? Well, I just got to – well, for me, I just got to go out there and try to make the most of the opportunities I'm given, you know, trying to not take no for an answer and just trying to do as much as I can with the opportunities I'm given. And I believe we got playmakers all over the field, and I feel like, you know, no matter who has the ball in their hands, we could get a fast start. So it's really just us believing and us just going out there and executing, and we'll be fine. What are your conversations like with Deion Smith? Aiden Robbins obviously dealing with an injury, and he'll be back at some point. But now it kind of feels like it's it's you and Deion. So what's that relationship and dynamic like? Oh, he's real fun to be around. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just a funny guy. He's funny. So he's just been real fun uh, just talking to him. You know, he kind of teaches me the game and stuff like that. So I really appreciate him for that. And, you know, all the running backs do, Miles, Hinkley, uh, Enoch, um, you know, they all do a great job of just making sure I'm right, I know what I need to read and stuff like that. And we just, you know, communicate, just help each other the best we can. And, you know, they're the best teammates in the world. What's the energy overall like for the team this week after the loss? Um, after the loss, uh, Coach Kalani, he gave us a great speech. You know, he said, you know, sometimes you're going to have tough times and, you know, you just got to you're gonna have a bad day at work and you have to go back home and love your kids, love your wife, stuff like that. So, you know, just taking that, you know, we just came back out here. He said we have to have another good week of practice just like if we won. You know, it's got to be the same as if we win or if we lose, we got to stay even keel, you know, just always trying to improve. And I really respect him for that. I feel like coaching staff has done a great job, the team, the team as well as well has done a great job of responding. So, you know, it's just time to go out there and execute. How do you feel about playing under the Friday Night Lights? 
Um, it's kind of weird because it's not high school. So, yeah, yeah. But it'll be fun. I think it'll be a lot like the the first game we had because it was Saturday. It was a late one. I think it starts at the same time. So, yeah. But, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, we'll finish with this. Now that you've been in the end zone a couple of times, have your teammates been talking to you about a certain celebration that needs to happen the next time? If so, what is it? Uh, yes, they've been telling me about a celebration, but you know I'm a simple guy. I just go, <laughs> I just go one pound, two pats on the chest, and you know praise, praise the man upstairs. So that's all I do. But you know they might get one out of me after I go right here. But uh, we'll see. There's a time and place for it, and you know, I feel like it's right. I, I might try to get one out. But yeah. Hey, keep the people anticipating and waiting, right? I know your parents would appreciate that answer for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yeah, try to keep the people waiting. And so, yeah. Yes, sir. LJ, thanks for the time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. LJ Martin, BYU running back. Here's a look at some of his more notable numbers. Of the seven 10-plus yard runs that BYU has, Jerem, LJ has six of them. Yeah. Aiden okay? Robbins had one against that, Houston. That's why he's the guy right now. Ten first downs of BYU's... Tw was it 12 overall first downs running the ball? Yeah. He's got 10 of the 12. Yeah. And he picks up yards after contact. This matters. He often falls forward. Rarely does LG Martin lose yards. Yeah, he doesn't lose a lot of yards. Okay. So he also just overall, yards per carry, straight up four yards per carry. That's good enough. Feed, feed LJ? Yeah. Well, obviously, yes. Um, you know, the, the Aiden Robbins thing has been one of the weirder storylines in the season, frankly. One that he's unfortunately hurt. That's not weird. That's just disappointing. Uh, for all of us, but two is that he's not the number one guy. Like it is, but Aaron Roderick uh, is is impatient uh, to success. Meaning, if this is going to work, I'm going to go with that. I don't I don't care what you thought before or what we thought was going to be the way before. It's sports. You got to do this now. And LG Martin has been uh, better than we thought out of the gates. Certainly, BYU's got a lot to do. LJ hasn't been spectacular. But he's been good. The 45-yard run versus Arkansas was amazing. His 91 yards against Sam Houston, spectacular. Um, BYU needs more as a group. They've got to block better. All ten, all nine guys that block, not named Keaton and LJ, need to block better, and then LJ's got to break more tackles. And then get better in this regard, because I don't think BYU is going to be worse than they yeah. have been up to this point. When LJ mentioned that, he said, I, I need to take better advantage of my opportunities. I, I need to be better. He's not trying to dodge anything. Sure, everybody right? has extreme like, ownership here. I have here, to hopefully. be better. Yeah. Yeah. Four yards per carry, though, over everything he's done, just give him a shot. Even against something, like, feed him some more. He falls forward. He's that gonna, matters. He's going to get 10 to 15 carries. It's just whether he gets, like, 20-plus. So let's go. Okay, right. Cougar pregame live coming up 8 Eastern on Friday on BYU Radio as Jason Shepard and the boys get you ready for this one. The Cougars' first Big 12 home game. Up next, is Puka Nakua already ascended to the second most relevant BYU Cougar in the NFL right now? Second most behind for just Fred Warner already? This is BYU Sports News. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B on a Thursday on a Friday football game week. So it's game day eve. Yes, it is. We yes, love it, it is. Love it. We'll be in the stadium tomorrow. I'm very excited. I am very excited. All right. Uh, we had the opportunity to talk to basically every head football coach in the Big in, 12 on Conference. On the planet. At Dallas Cowboys of Stadium. The Big 12. 
but because there were so many interviews and so many teams, we needed to implement the help of one Jason Shepard. Right? We need Shep. Okay. Shep. Shep Shep's our guy. plays a we huge role for Shep. us. He was the one that sat in while we were doing a separate interview to talk to Scott Satterfield, Cincinnati's head coach. Now, he obviously gave a preview of what his team he thought was going to look like. So listen to these comments from Scott Satterfield, and we'll discuss, was he right? And how are they different now than maybe what we heard back on Media Day? Well, and we, we talked about all of the newness. Correct me if I'm wrong, two returning starters on offense? Is that accurate? One, One returning starter One. on offense. Boy, you have your <laughs> I work I wish we had two. <laughs> you have your work I mean, but that's part, I yeah. mean, not every, you're not going to, we take over a program. It's not always going to be like that, but sometimes it is, and it just it just means there's more opportunities, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, this day and age, particularly now with the transfer portal, yeah. you know, Coach Fick did a tremendous job, and he's going to Wisconsin. And, you know, the, the wide receiver room, that's the one, uh, one – we had one guy coming back that was on scholarship in yeah. the whole wide receiver room. Um, our one returning starter is the center, uh, you know. So we had to build a whole new team there and on offense, and, and to bring in some guys. But but there's some guys that was on the roster before. This is their time; they're yep. ready to rise up. And then we had to bring in some high school players, and then also some transfer guys. So um, we're excited about what we're going to put on the field offensively. Um, you know, we're a spread offense. We're going to run the football, and I mean, very similar to what the way BYU yeah. runs their offense. Very similar scheme. So. Um, but yeah, a lot of new faces, uh, new faces for our fans, um, you know, and, and yeah, but I think we'll be able to put a good product out there that'll be able to move the ball. Talk to me about your quarterback. I had a chance to talk with mm -hmm. him just a few minutes ago. Very impressive. Yeah, Emory Jones. You know, the thing I like about Emory is that, you know, he's been there, done that. I mean, he was at Florida, played at a high level at Florida, coaching change there. He ends up going to Arizona State. Well, they go through some other coaching thing, change, and so now him coming to us, he's like, oh, I just want to be around so some coach is going to be there, you know, <laughs> so so that that's going to be fun, but, but for me, is the poise. Um, he's a very mature, older guy. Um, he can run. He can throw. Um, you know, I, I really like Emory a lot um, as a person as well. Kind of a quiet guy, very humble. Um, you know, but exciting player. And so, yeah, we, you know, we got to strip the football around with the guys around him, the wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. And I think he'll be able to do that. What do you want your defense to look like this year? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I brought my defense coordinator in from Louisville. Yep. And last year at Louisville, we led the country in sacks and takeaways and uh, with 50 sacks last year. So we want to be an aggressive style defense. We're basing a three down, four linebackers, uh, bringing people from all over the field. Uh, but we want it to be aggressive. We want to be good tacklers. We want to be physical, um, you know, and keep the ball in front, you know, not give up the big plays, I think. So that, that's going to be the key. And Cincinnati's been known for defense. You know, we've, we've had great defenses in the past. We have, a, we have a, you know, a bulk of our team is back on defense. So that, that's good. Um, you know, so again, in this league, there's a lot of points yeah. scored. you got to be able to play yeah. great defense. Uh, whoa, one returning starter on the entire offense. Yeah. In his words, we had to build a whole new team. Uh, to Cincinnati's credit, Spencer, this is a program that's gone to the college football playoff in the New Year's Six in two of the last, what, four years? Three years. They they, are, they broke the playoff. They are in a great. They they are what BYU aspired to be, which is an outsider in that space. Uh, now BYU is an insider in a Power Five, and they have more access to said space without having to be perfect, or even one loss. Now BYU and Cincinnati meet up. Similar programs in that they've had great success historically. Cincinnati more recently, of course, but an opportunity. Cincinnati in Ohio. That's a great recruiting base. Uh, you're competing with Ohio State, obviously, for some guys, but like. They get talent. They have good players. They brought in transfers that matter, notably two guys from Florida, and Emory Jones, former Florida uh, quarterback, Arizona State as well, and then Xavier Henderson, Xavier Henderson, is the stud receiver there, really explosive. He's the one that really pops uh, in, in the pass game for Cincinnati. 
really good defensive line. They've had good corners historically. You feel like, hey, maybe there's an advantage there. So I, I'm interested to watch this game. This is a game that BYU needs to win at home if they're going to be one, bowl eligible, and two, do anything more than that. So take care of business at home, yet Cincinnati better than we thought, yet coming off two-game losing streak. Yeah, what are they on Miami Friday of Ohio played good on defense against Cincinnati, but not offensively with a couple of field goals. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens, man. This is an interesting game. BYU at home is tough to beat. they got a really good pass game, no run game. Great point by Riley Nelson earlier about no play-action pass effectiveness right now for BYU. Only 5.5 yards to play. Last year was 10.2, mm. just by reference. That's a half. That's half. That's bad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Cincinnati team, uh, again, to their credit, and Coach Satterfield, and I like his personality. I think he's a great personality. Yeah. The, they've got to come on the road on a two-game losing streak. Short week. So people are like, country. oh, they just held yeah. Oklahoma to 20. They had all the emotion in their stadium. They were it was, amped for it was, Oklahoma. It was incredible they had, they had energy, big noon, right? Big noon game yes. and everything on Fox. It's a much different scenario they're walking into. Okay, yeah. They're not going to be lifted by their crowd. They are riding a two-game losing streak. It is a short week. And BYU, in contrast, will have that natural energy as they play their Big 12 home opener in front of a sellout crowd on conference weekend. And no Cincinnati fan has they any idea get, what we're talking about when we say conference weekend. They don't get the juice that there comes something from to within that. the shadows of the everlasting hills. May peace be with you this day and always, Spence. Hopefully BYU brings the juice, and we, we're going to bring it tomorrow with this show from the stadium. Let's I go. cannot wait. It's game day be, shows in the stadium. There's no way BYU loses this game tomorrow. I am back on that. Back am, on it. I never left, actually. I am good to go. <laughs> the Cougar Tailgate Podcast. New episode drops today. Lauren McClain and friends get you ready for a Friday night fight against the Bearcats. Uh, I don't even really know what a Bearcat is. Download Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcast. When I see it, I know what it is. But I, is it a bear or a cat? It's a liger. Like what, like what is it? It's a liger, but what a is bear it? cat. <laughs> a liger, thanks to Napoleon. <laughs> Can't afford the fun pack. It's a combo. How would a win or loss against Cincinnati change your perception of BYU football moving forward? Mm. Four and one feels a lot different than three and two. This is BYU Sports Nation. Would BYU be ranked in four and one? Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, hey, we even have a sign in the stadium. On Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio LES on a Friday game day. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. I don't know if you guys heard, but BYU football is playing tonight. Uh, it's the first Big 12 home game ever. It's not even that loud there, Jerem. How dare you. <laughs> Fresh lick. Cincinnati Bearcats tonight. Pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio and the apps. At 8 Eastern time, going to be buzzing. Busy weekend for Cougars in the NFL. Headlined by Zach Wilson, the New York Jets, hosting, you know, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Another easy Taking one for Zach. Taking it easy on Zach. Puka Daku and the Rams play Blake Freeland's Colts. Fred Warner and the 49ers. Try and stay perfect against the Arizona Cardinals. Tyler Algier and the Atlanta Falcons face the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. And in Andy's room. London. They're doing that broadcast, man. And Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints 
take on division foe Tampa Bay. Darren Hall, Kyrus Tong on the Vikings play the Panthers. Michael Davis and the Chargers play the Raiders. Dax Milne and the Commanders play the Eagles. Fly Eagles. And Sione Takitaki and the Browns play the Raiders. And Kyle Van Oort. Will he be elevated to the 53? grade? We'll see. KVN does it again? Question mark? We'll see. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball loses in four sets at 10th-ranked Texas in Austin in the first of two matches. BYU won the first set 25-13. Like, It was 16-4, bro. Domination early. And then well, Texas woke up. They won the next three. BYU was led by Aaron Livingston, who had 16 kills. Kate Pryor had 11 kills. Yep. Cougars have one more chance to take down the Longhorns tonight, 8 Eastern on the Longhorn Network. So Good, good luck trying yeah, to try, watch good, that one. Uh, nobody's really going to be able to see it. Nope. And a third <laughs> football game. That's it. <laughs> Number six, BYU in soccer played Cincinnati to a draw last night. That's a disappointing result. Brecken uh, Mozingo scored BYU's lone goal off a penalty in the 47th minute. Let's hear the dulcet tones from one Spencer. Approaches with the left foot and scores! Upper 90 on the right side. Nice, bro. BYU 2-0-2 in league, eight points. That's fifth place right now. That's not good. Cougars play at Iowa State Monday. I know they haven't lost in league, but the two ties are a bummer. BYU wants to be 4-0. They don't have a home win in the Big 12. <sighs> that hurts. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling. Wally Thane and Zach Fuchs led BYU men's tennis to a total of four singles wins and three doubles victories on the day. Play continues through Monday at the ITA Mountain Region Championship at Air Force. Well done. Women's tennis begins play at the Cal Fall Invitational held in Berkeley today and tomorrow. Good luck. And men's and women's swim and dive are competing in the Intermountain Shootout. In my old stomping grounds, the oh, Western Slope yeah, baby. of Grand Junction, Colorado this weekend. Shout out to the Junctionites. You were there three years. Yes, I was. You invited me to come work with you. I told you not. KJCT News 8, <laughs> where the news comes first. Those are today's headlines. Now we offer That's opinions no. in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Utah State transfer and current Cincinnati defensive lineman Daniel Greshlick spoke to the media earlier this week and was asked about playing at BYU. I feel like the crowd, I feel like Nipper's better, so like ain't nothing, nothing really that we ain't seen before, but it's going to be louder in there, but the elevation is going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a problem. I played there last year, you know, it was nothing, nothing crazy. Okay then. Uh, you lost last year! You lost. Also, he's comparing it to his home stadium. Uh, it's not like Nippert's lap. We're, we're comparing road venues. Yeah, here. we're comparing road venues. Um, listen. Am I bugged? Yes, I'm bugged. Listen, is it crazy? Like, are there weird things that happen? No, BYU's super nice and whatnot. What what it will be crazy though is the volume. Ask Arizona State in 2021. Ask Baylor in 2022. Ain't nothing, com according to uh, Daniel Greshlick. Ain't nothing. The St. Um, St. Maverick Stadium, okay? The St. Nippert. <laughs> Those are 40K or lower. This is, after uh, Texas leaves, the largest stadium in the Big 12, okay? Really, I'm not that bugged. The volume is going to be the crazy part. Yeah, really, I'm not that bugged, but I do love to fuel angry people. But it is a classic Aggie move. I love it. Let's fuel <laughs> that, babe. Just pour the gasoline on. Come on, baby. By the way, George Udo plays for Cincinnati. We have not mentioned this. He played for BYU. All right. Yeah. Jeremy, what did you make of BYU women's volleyball and their performance against Texas last night? Unbelievable first set. Uh, Texas had nine hitting errors. Uh, they adjusted. They started hitting high hands. They found seams. They served BYU off the line quite a bit. So that was that was tough. But, uh, hey, get back at it. See if you can't pull off a win tonight. 
25-13 first set. I, I was in the soccer match, but I was trying to like keep an eye on things. I was like, whoa, that's a great start. And then all of a sudden, they lost 3-1. to one. All the good mojo was in the one set. That's volleyball, though. You gotta, you gotta win. You gotta three. sustain it. You gotta, you gotta sustain, sustain it. it. Yep. We'll yeah. do a lot of that this weekend. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of expected. Like I kind of expected like BYU to go there and compete, but hopefully they can figure it out. Not tonight. compete as well as I wanted in sets two, three, four. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there a cause for concern with women's soccer with the two league ties? At yes, because TCU and Utah State have shown every other team in the country in the Big Twelve how to beat BYU. Which it, is what? Same thing, okay? It is score early and then just park the bus defensively. And then BYU hopefully doesn't have good shots because they had a yes. ton of shots but not a ton on goal. No. They were not on target primarily. And did not have a goal in the run of play, neither PK, right? So, yeah, I mean, mem multiple members of the staff told me last night, we need to figure out how to win games because these teams are all trying to do the same thing against us. Get a lead. Score play. and yeah. then just defend, defend, defend. And frankly, get a tie on BYU's home field. Getting a tie is a win versus BYU. Yeah. And a tie feels like a loss for this team. They were number one. They acted like it again last night. They're number Understandably. six. Understandably. Yeah, BYU. They were upset. Yeah. And this week's Her Why Podcast, part two of the conversation with former BYU and Utah Volleyball All-American Kenzie Kerber-Daly. Talks about why she joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how she ended up at BYU. Check it out on the BYU Radio app or download the podcast. After the break, we preview the weekend, make our predictions in the Big 12 Roundup. And our prop picks. Jim, we're going to win something this week. Didn't you win prop picks last week? Yeah, I did. That's good. I won something. This yeah. is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. I'm winning at life. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. This program is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's a beautiful day here. So beautiful. It smells fresh. Perfect. Mid-60s right now. Sunshine. Big 12 home opener. Yeah. Oh, baby. Our question of the day. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that BYU will beat Cincinnati tonight? 11. Brandon Palmer answers on Instagram. Yeah. Nine, he says. Mm -hmm. 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Probably he more like 8.20. First Big 12 game at home, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Sold out. We'll be rocking tonight. This is the beginning of this, too, Spence, because, um, you know, it's exciting to have any Big 12 game here. But imagine when it is Oklahoma in November, when it is Texas Tech in October. Um, these are very – you know, Iowa State, who hasn't been that good, but it's like, dude, Iowa State's coming to town. Like, these – every game matters. Yes. These are so exciting, Tav. It is so crazy that we will be discussing if BYU wins, will the Cougars have a chance to win eight? And if they lose, are they going to get to a bowl game? There will be overreaction <laughs> Monday for sure, bro. <laughs> we should play overreaction Monday either way. Either way. Based on the results. Yes. Lori Wood on Facebook says, 10 – I've got a 10 relying heavily on the late-night Provo mojo. I hope okay. the crowd is like another player on the field. Yeah, I think the crowd can have a really big impact, um, which brings us to an early rise and shout-out. Let's just go there now. Uh, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tom Homo on Wednesday tweeted the following, at BYU Rock. He didn't put a period, so it just goes to the people that follow him in the rock. The, the day is nearing to experience the most exciting and loudest game day ever at BYU. The first – look at him using emojis – 
first Big 12 football game in BYU uh, history at home. Lavelle's house must shake, rock, and roar like no other game ever. Many kooks have gone before to bring us here. Friday, you bring the thunder. So let's see if the rock can't change the direction of this game. They're going to be packed in here tonight. Remember 2021 when in multiple games, not just the Arizona State game, multiple games, they created consecutive penalties, false starts for at least two teams. I don't uh, think the fans understand the control they have over what happens tonight. You can literally change the, the fortunes of the Yes. Game. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from Brendan Smith on X. He's with you, Jerem. Yeah. 11 out of 10. It's a gut L feeling. A little spinal tap reference there. It's yeah. a gut feeling. Uh, 11 is my favorite number. So Is it really? I'm, I'm on board for did that. Did you wear 11 in high school for Northridge? Uh, I did for a little bit um, in junior high. I was 11 all the way okay. junior high. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Today's rise. Uh, or sorry. You already did the rise of shadow. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Jim Kelly. But not that Jim Kelly. No, right? no, not we the, had our own Jim not Kelly. Not the four-time Super Bowl loser. Sorry to, <laughs> sorry to Dennis spit a, a winner in the Super Bowl, I guess. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on BYU TV and BYU Radio.